Okay, Boker Tov, we come to our final class. Bezrus Hashem, we can thank Hashem. We were able to get it all done before Purim. In the Megillus Esther with the commentary of the Mechir Yayin. We're on Perak Tes, Pasuk Chaf. And now we see what uh, the next uh, letter that is written. Vayichtov Mordechai Esadvorim Ha'ele and Mordechai inscribed these things. Vayishlach Svarim El Kol Yehudim Asher B'chol Medinus HaMelech HaChashverosh HaKrovim V'Arochokim. And he sent letters to all the Jews who were in all the provinces of King HaChashverosh, both near and far. And meaning to say that Mordechai and Esther now established the days of Purim as a memory for our eyes and therefore and uh, and everything based on what we've been learning until now and uh, therefore the real story and the and the parable are really very aligned right now and they're telling us why Purim was established and that's why it's established for the Jewish people as a whole and for each individual so the next few sukkim just go very quickly because it's just repeating what they've decided and now what was written out and that everybody should do this, which is to enjoin them to make the 14th day of the month of Adar and the 15th day thereof every year, as the days when the Jews rested from their enemies and the month that was reversed for them from grief to joy and from mourning to a festive day to make them days of feasting and joy and sending portions one to another and gifts to the poor. Pasuk Chav Gimel. And the Jews took upon themselves what they commenced to do and what Mordechai had written to them. Pasuk Chav Dalet. For Haman, the son of Hamdasa, the Agagite, the adversary of all the Jews, had devised to destroy the Jews and cast the poor, that is the lot, to terrify them and destroy them. Pasuk Chav and when she came before the king, he commanded through letters that his evil device that he had devised against the Jews return upon his own head and to destroy him and the sons on the gallows. Therefore, they called these days Purim after the name Pur. Therefore, because of all the words of this letter and what they saw concerning this matter and what happened to them. And, Zion. And the Jews ordained and took upon themselves and upon their seed and upon all those who joined them that is not to be revoked to make these two days according to their script and according to their appointed time every year. And we already explained that Kimu Vikiblu, as the Gemara says, Kimu they maintained Vikiblu that which they already accepted. And therefore, the whole point of writing this Megillah is only to arouse our ears to fulfill what we again accepted upon us, which was Torah mitzvahs. In other words, the story of the Megillah describes how the Seichel can succeed over the Yetzirah. And how is that? That is expressed by our fulfilling of mitzvahs. So now, that's what we, that which we had accepted long ago, but Unfortunately, the HR is able to overcome the um, the uh, seichel, but the truth is, the seichel can overcome that as well. And therefore, the pasuk says over here that the Yehudim, the Jews, accepted this because anyone who calls himself a Jew, we're only considered Jews by fulfilling that which we accept upon ourselves. And anyone who wants to join the Jews has to be that way. 
Because otherwise, you're not really considered a Jew. And therefore, that is what the Megillah is all about. It's to arouse us as to what we're capable of doing. Okay, so I want to make sure I didn't skip anything. Yeah. Okay, moving on. And now we understand, next <coughs> Pasuk, we will understand two important ideas in Pasuk Chavches. These days, Niskorim Venasim shall be remembered and celebrated. Behold, door of a door in every generation, Mishpach, Mishpach, a family, family, uh, every province, every city. And these days of Purim shall not be revoked from amidst the Jews, and their memories shall not cease from their seed. Okay, so what's this thing that it will be remembered in every generation? Just like we have by the Haggadah. At the end of the Haggadah on Pesach, we say, in every generation, a Jew has to feel like he went out of Egypt. So the same thing applies here. In every generation, a person is obliged to see himself as if this miracle happened. Every, each and every one of us experiences the hatred of Haman as the Yetzirah trying to destroy us and Mordechai uh, where is, uh, the, the Seichel that Haman hates the Seichel and the story of Achashverosh of the undeveloped intellect that has to get developed Vashti, Esther, the whole story each and every one of us goes it, through it in our life in different times in our youth, in our days of, of where we're standing on our own, and then in our old days. And therefore, it's very interesting where the Gemara says that women are also obliged in hearing the Megillah. And why? It's a mitzvah. It's a time-bound mitzvah. Why are they obliged in it? And the Gemara says, because they too were included in this miracle. Meaning to say, that women are included in this mitzvah of overcoming our Yetzirah. And, we, and women are just as included to have their seichel overcome their, their Yetzirah, to guide their, the chomer, the physical matter. That's no different if you're a man or a woman. This is an issue for all of us. And then it says that these days of Purim will never pass. As the Gemara says that in the future, all the holidays will be nullified, but the days of Purim will not. And therefore, we can understand why. Because as we said, in the story of Purim, as we go through our entire lives, but then we also we allude to the parties, and that party is, as we said, the Sauda of the Livyasan. It's the party of the Livyasan, that party that we have in the world to come. So even though all the other holidays, they're very helpful to get up, to keep us going while we're in this world. But finally, the reality that we have of a neshama that lives on to the next world. And therefore, that is going to be as well. And, and you know, when we, when we get to the ultimate redemption, we don't need to remember Mitzrayim. We don't need to remember all those things. But the days of Purim, they themselves are really days of Simcha. And that's the simcha that we're going to have uh, from which we were lacking in our lives during certain times in our lives. And therefore, this simcha, which is hinted to, 
this soothest Purim that we're going to have. It's not just an ancient ritual. It's not just a reminder of the past. It's a reminder of the future. You sit down to your Sudas Purim, you have to really understand that, yes, you're remembering the past, and there was a meal then, but there will be another meal. The meal of the Leviathan. The meal where we have the hidden wine. The meal where we get closest to Hashem. And... Uh, that's where the story never ends. And that's why we, we understand that the Purim story is, will always exist. Pasuk Haftes. Now Queen Esther, the daughter of Yechiel and Mordechai, the Jew, wrote down all the acts of power to confirm the second Purim letter. In other words, they wrote the actual Megillah. Okay? And therefore... Uh, the simple meaning is can fit in with the parable. That just like we have the, the story of the actual Purim and Mordechai and Esther wrote it down for the historical context and the revealed part, but they also wrote it down for the spiritual aspect. And this way, first of all, we know who wrote the story. And very important, again, that real story, they did it with Ruach HaKodesh. And... Uh, and everything that happened, and now they write it a second time, hinting to the point that there's like two faces to the Megillah, the simple reading and the deeper meaning. And therefore, they wrote this Megillah for everyone's personal struggle with his own with his own Haman and his own Mordechai and his own future. And that's the and that's the point of us reading that story as it's a personal message to us. Pasuklamid. And he sent letters to all the Jews to 127 provinces, the realms of Ahasuerush, Divrei Shalom Ve'emes, words of peace and truth. So what, 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 what does that mean? It's in this Megillah, that words of peace and words of truth, meaning to say that a person should remember this concept even in their youth and even in the days where you're strong in the middle of your life, which we've said are alluded to in the 127 provinces, which we said at the beginning of the Megillah. That's, that's the years of our lives, the different stages of our lives. And they sent it to all those provinces, meaning they're sending it for us to read during different stages in our lifetime. And when you read the Megillah as a child, you have one understanding of it. When you in your prime, another understanding. And in your old age, another understanding. Okay, and therefore one should see the future, what's going to happen at the end. And these are words of peace and truth. What does that mean? Interesting, the rabbis say when we write a Megillah, it has to be written like a Sefer Torah. And how do they learn that? They learn it with a drusha, because by the Megillah it says, right over here, words of Shalom and Emes. And it talks, the prophets talk about Torah, and it says Emes Kene, you should acquire which is the truth. So we're saying that the truth that's said over here is really also hinting to the Torah. And why can you say that Mordechai and Esther wrote the words of the Megillah to arouse people to each one should strengthen themselves in Torah mitzvahs, which is Shalom and Emes. And everybody should see to it that they reach a level in their old age to which the Purim story is hinting to. You want to reach that end game. 
In other words, we all have ups and downs in our lives. We make mistakes. We get involved, too involved in our parties. And we get all messed up in so many ways. And we literally kill certain aspects of our existence almost. But then there's the comeback. And then there's the next struggle. And then there's the comeback again. But the main thing is, you've got to remember, we've got to end it off strong. And these are the words of Shalom and Emes. If we live that way, so we'll get the true truth and we'll have peace amongst others and especially amongst ourselves. Pasuk Aleph. To confirm these days of Portman, their appointed times, as Mordechai the Jew and Esther the queen had enjoined them, and as they had ordained for themselves and for their seed the matters of their fasts and their cry. It's interesting. It says, Kasher Kimu al Nafsham. They ordained it for their souls. It didn't say they ordained it for their bodies. Because the whole story of Purim and the Megillah is to maintain our souls, not our bodies. Because remember, we can't maintain our bodies because sooner or later we die. But the only thing we can maintain is our souls. And therefore, they wrote this Megillah to maintain our souls. These are the words. Now, Esther's order confirmed these matters of Purim, and it was inscribed in the book. So what we see over here, the main messages we've learned so far, number one, why women are obligated in Megillah. Because it's their same story. Why Purim will never be nullified. And also that the words of the Megillah are maintenance for the soul and not for the body. And now we come to the last short chapter where the message is now going to be that the human, through this Megillah, we will see that the human is greater than an animal. But in what way? So we shall see. Interesting now. And King Achashverosh imposed a tribute on the land and on the isles of the sea. He imposed a tax. How does that fit into our story over here? Now it's interesting. If you look carefully in the Megillah, the word Achashverosh is written very defective. Achashverosh normally has two vavs. And here, neither vav is written at all. To show that this Achashverosh is different completely. That we have a totally different understanding from everything that's been going until now. And here, the Achashverosh here is clearly Hashem. Because Hashem is, as Achashverosh suggests, comes from the words after and begin. Acharis Varesh. The beginning, the end, the beginning are all his. And what does it mean that the king put a tax on the earth which means to say that we don't live forever, okay? And also on the seas, that it's something that will get wiped out. So that, in other words, we have a tax. You know, that's the joke. There's two things you can be sure in life, taxes and death. Well, it's the same idea. There's, there's a tax. What's a tax mean? You have to give something of your own. Something's taken away from you. Hashem says, listen, you're only going to be here for a little while. No matter where you are, there's there's a tax on you. So now the real question is, how are we different than animals? An animal lives X amount of years, eats, reproduces, sleeps, and dies. Their body decomposes, and it's gone. There's no memory of the animal. Human being, 
What's the difference? As we say the Pasuk, The human being is not any greater than the animal. Except for the hope of Olam Haba. If without Olam Haba, without that soul, that spiritual aspect, how are we any different? And this is the tax that God puts on us. This is like the close of the story. Okay. To realize that, you know, this, we won that battle, but now as we summarize the entire life of a person, this is the tax that Hashem puts on us. And therefore we have to understand the only way we're going to be better than that is by tending to our souls. And therefore in Pusik Base it says, and all the acts of his power and his might and the full account of Mordechai's greatness, how the king advanced him, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? So what he means to say, what are the Chronicles over here? It's the books of memory that Hashem writes. We go to Shemayim after 120 years, Hashem has us read the very book that inscribes all our behaviors. Everything we do in our life is written down what we were thinking when we did it, how sincere it was we did it. And the Gemara, the mentor says, and every person has to sign it. And they say, Hashem, you were correct in your analysis. Okay, and then you get the decision. Hashem puts in, and based on your behavior, the way you treated others, that's gonna be your judgment too. And you gotta sign it. You're gonna say, you're right. I was a tough guy on people. I didn't give them second chances. So that's going to be your judgment. Or the other. It could be much better. And therefore, that's what it says in Pirkei All your actions are written in a book. And these are the books of Paras Madai, where we explained already earlier that Paras Madai, from the word pras, reward, and Madai is mitos. Depending on the type of mitos, that reward you will get. Okay? So that's, and that's why all the actions that we do are going to be written and decide that future. And since man will die and his eternity is only via a perfected soul, that's the way the person can be a person and not an animal. So the Pesach Aleph says, Hashem taxed us. We have a tax of that we, our lives are not ours. What's well, only again? The only thing a tax king says: You want to live in this place, you got to pay a tax. And once you stop paying the tax, you're not here. So we pay a tax of doing mitzvahs, but we're not going to be here one day. So therefore, the only way out is everything you do during your life is written down, and that's going to decide your eternity. And the final shalom. For Mordechai the Jew was viceroy to King Achishverosh and great among the Jews and accepted by most of his brethren, seeking the good of his people and speaking peace to all of their seed. And again, we understand that Mordechai being the viceroy and the king, and, uh, and the king does things based on what he says. The, the elevated seichel impacts on the inborn seichel and he is... Uh, accepted by most of his brothers and he seeks their good which is an allusion to the Gomorrah says for example that the Gomorrah says that the whole world in the generation 
of Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa. The whole world was sustained by the righteousness of Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa. Even though Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa himself ate very little bit. So, which means that the tzaddik is Yesod Olam. The tzaddik is the foundation of the world. And that's what it means, Doresh Tov Le'amo. He always sought the good of his people and he always spoke peace to all their seed. For as we say in benching, right at the end of the benching, uh, I never saw a tzaddik that was left by himself. And his children would need to find food. In other words, this is the opportunity we have. We all have a Mordechai inside of us. And the Mordechai can influence who we are, the Achashvei Rosh. And we have, and that Mordechai really wants what's best for us, wants peace for us, and for our children forever. And therefore, the message of the Megillah and the last chapter kind of summarizes all of life, all the ups and downs, and no matter what our position is in life as we come to Purim, we get this view of our entire existence, and therefore we have the choice to end it the way Mordechai and Esther did, or chas v'shalom not. And with that, we conclude the series. Shkoyach to everybody. It was 15 classes, and it's something we can listen to over and over to remember the message. Yes, sure. We got lots of time for questions. Good, good, good question. So um, I understand from very old and whole story for for here for where we are today. After he passed away, and the Eitz Hakor is not there anymore. Why is Purim so relevant? The Purim, I mean, all the holidays. Because no, because because that's where we'll feast on the Leviathan. And that's and that's the that's what it's about. When you no longer live. Which book is helpful for us? It is the Purim story, which is the actual um, enjoying that amazing meal and where the body and the soul will be eternalized together. The Eight of is history now. The Eight of is history, but the, um, the uh, what do you call it? The conclusion, which is part of it, in other words, that last part of the Megillah is really going to be everything. And therefore, when we're at that meal, and we're only getting into that meal based on what we've accomplished. So therefore, that the message is going to be relevant because we will be enjoying this, which is not mentioned. And the other books are talking about our problems, but it doesn't allude to the future. Here, there's, there's a whole banquet. The ultimate banquet of spirituality that is that aspect will be forever. Yeah, and you have to go through the three stages to get there. Like That's right. Some people don't make it through the three stages very well. Well, that remember we alluded to ideas of transmigration of soul and things like that. And therefore Hashem wants us all to get in. The only question is, do we have to go back? Are there other solutions beyond these solutions? Right. Okay. Shkayach, everybody. A little shorter class. But you can never time.